activate. You are listening to the Fast Break Podcast with Jeff and Holt. Go. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Fast Break Podcast with Jeff and Holt. He is the man himself, a player named Jeff Dennis. My name is Ian and Holt. That's and, A-N-D, Holt. Thank you so much for joining us for this edition of the Fast Break Podcast with Jeff and Holt. As of this recording, we are less than 24 hours from the kickoff of the NBA season on TNT, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. The Boston Celtics, Kyrie Irving versus LeBron James and his Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh, this is the matchup I think everyone wanted to see the uh, open the season after all the drama that's been going on. Um, so definitely excited to get that going. Uh, tonight, though, uh, if, if you listen to our last show, we talked about some of the ramifications for teams that made some trades. Uh, tonight, we're going to have a little bit more fun we've got our uh annual uh fast break podcast award show going on uh these awards are completely made up and are obviously more prestigious than the nba so we're definitely excited to get to them but first things first jeff how are you doing brother i'm doing well my friend happy to be talking hoops on a monday night happy that the season is uh is getting started tomorrow it's not the official well let's take that back it is the official start of the season tomorrow but we all know Holt as always that the NBA season doesn't really get started till Christmas day but officially the league does start tomorrow I think I mean I'm for for tomorrow you look at some of the games we've got uh, we've got specifically uh, Cleveland and, and Houston or excuse me Cleveland and, and Boston uh, I mean this kind of feels like the start of the season uh, there's gonna be about a two-month break um, between that and the real start of the season, uh, Christmas. But we look at, you know, tomorrow night, we've got Cavaliers and Celtics, and then Rockets Warriors right after that in TNT. Uh, it's a good way to start the season. And then, yeah, we've got a couple, you know, a two-month break till Christmas and the real start of the season. But either way, should be a good night of basketball. Uh, definitely excited for it. Definitely excited to watch with you. But um, And we will be actually recording another show. Uh, uh, during during halftime for that game. So definitely looking forward to that as well. But um, uh, let's get down to the awards. Uh, let's get down made, to the nitty-gritty. We made these up. These are official. Uh, trophies are in the works. We're just trying to get the rights to the NBA logo. Um, Adam Silver is giving us some difficulties, as he always does uh, with the Fast Break podcast. But uh, we'll get through that. First award um, that we were going to present today, we each have our own picks. Uh, the Anthony Bennett Award. So, Jeff, I want to hear uh, from you on this first. Which rookie is most likely to not meet expectations that uh, they have or even just outright bust, and why? Yeah, the Anthony Bennett Award, it's always a fun one to look at, um, obviously, given its title due to the it's fact prestige. that the, yeah, yeah, the Cleveland Cavaliers selecting Anthony Bennett number one overall a few years back, and I'm not even sure if he's in the G League anymore. Um but I, I'm going to have to give this award to the Phoenix Suns' Justin Jackson. Um, a lot of people are going to probably think that's kind of crazy because he has shown some serious flashes. Um, he, he's shown some serious flashes um, during the preseason, but I, I, I just don't see it out of him to me. Um, he's just not he, he, he's just not going to be all he's cracked up to be. He's going to be a, a, a light version of Andrew Wiggins, I think. Um, he, he can score, I suppose, but they already have Devin Booker, and they have Eric Bledsoe as well. So I, I just don't see it out of Justin Jackson. Um, 
I don't know if he's going to be a complete bust, but he is definitely, in my eyes, not going to meet expectations. Are you saying, uh, sorry, Josh Jackson out of uh, out of, out of Kansas, too? I'm, did first? I say Justin? You said Justin, yeah. I'm sorry, I know. No, Justin Jackson is going to be a phenomenal player out of North Carolina. I'm speaking of Josh Jackson from Phoenix. Josh Jackson, and that's, you know, that's a good pick. He was he was highly touted in high school, uh, maybe underperformed a little bit in, in, in Kansas. Uh, and uh, it's, it's always tough with a pick uh, that's based on raw athleticism because the kid is an athlete. Uh, can't take that away from him. Uh, absolutely, you know, phenomenal build about him. Six foot eight, two hundred two pounds. He's got a six foot ten wingspan. That's that's uh, pretty impressive, and that's definitely going to come in handy. That wingspan uh, when guarding the the many great wings around the NBA. Um, so yeah, I definitely understand where you're coming from. For 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 my side, I've got uh, and you're gonna you're gonna call me salty here, Jeff. Uh, Lonzo Ball. Incorrect. Lonzo Ball, I think, uh, and and it, it was hard to look at this without. He was my pick from the get go, and I had to, I had to really think about why. And you know, you you look at this kid. Obviously, his, he doesn't have a he doesn't have a jump shot. Not a great score. That was never debated coming out of college. What was uh, praised about him uh, from from analysts, not from his uh, his Papa Lavar, uh, was his quote unquote transcendent passing ability. And I got to be frank with you, I haven't seen that yet. Uh, I, I've seen. Uh, I will. I will admit his uh, his transition passing is on the level. Is uh, NBA ready? Uh, could be even elite very shortly, very soon. But as far as his half court offense, his half court passing, uh, I say he. I see he makes safe passes, but I don't think he's the transcendent passer, or even can become the transcendent passer that people seem to think he is. Uh, the guy does not run the pick and roll, and when he does, he does it poorly. Uh, and I think not being able to run the simplest play in basketball, even in today's run-and-gun league is going to be a huge detriment. And unless he can learn how to score, he's not going to fit in with the modern archetype of a point guard in the NBA. And I think Lonzo Ball uh, is going to be a very solid uh, starting caliber point guard, but I don't think he is going to be the next Jason Kidd that people seem to think he is. And I totally, totally see where you're coming from on the Lonzo train. He is being overhyped, and I'm going to be the first to admit to say that I'm the biggest Lonzo Ball fan on the planet right now, especially because I'm a ginormous Laker fan. So the the hope rests in Lonzo's hands at the moment. However, um, I, I will disagree with the fact that he won't fit into this NBA. Actually, I will agree that he is not going to fit into this NBA um, because he is going to he's going to spark a change in the NBA. He's going to spark a trend in the NBA where I, where we get back to real point guards playing the position the way it was supposed to be created. Um, in terms of the prototypical traditional point guard, Lonzo Ball will be the best point guard in the NBA within two months of of the season starting. He won't be the best scorer. He's never going to be the best scorer. He won't be the best three-point shooter. He's not a very good jump shooter, but what he will do is get Kyle Kuzma involved and Brooke Lopez involved involved, and Brandon Ingram involved, and those players are going to flourish. And that, that's how that's what I think the point guard's role is supposed to be. Um, so we are going to, we're, we're going to agree to disagree there. However, However, I do understand where you're coming from. Um, so I think both of those players honestly have at least a chance to to underwhelm, uh, if that makes any sense. 
Absolutely, and you know, for Lonzo, as far as getting his teammates involved, uh, you look at you look at guys like Kyle Kuzma, who's looked really good in the preseason and in summer league. Uh, you look at guys like uh, Brook Lopez, who over the past uh, decade has been one of the better offensive centers in the league. Uh, but you look at the you look at his teammates, and I think uh, even if if Lonzo Ball does uh, does exceed my expectations, my personal expectations as a passer, if he can get his uh, get the ball to his uh, teammates that. Uh, that allows them to flourish a little bit. It's still up to them to get the ball in the basket. And that's really, that's where I'm really worried about uh, is he does not have enough outside of Brooke Lopez. He does not have enough offensive talent on his squad at this time to really flourish and to really allow him to move the offense along and get it going. And I think that's going to be his biggest problem is he needs to rely on his teammates to score the ball. And right now he does not have consistent scorers outside of Brooke Lopez on that team. Uh, Kentavious Caldwell Pope, their big offseason addition, uh, shoots, you know, under 40% for his career. I watched him in Detroit for years. Uh, the guy can go off off on uh, one night and then disappear for the next 10. Uh, Brandon Ingram has not lived up to his hype as the number two overall pick last year. Uh, uh, Brooke Lopez, obviously one of the better offensive centers, will give him a pass, but Kyle Kuzma has yet to play against NBA-level talent on the big stage. Uh, uh, Larry Nance Jr. and Julius Randle both possess a lot of potential, but we don't know where they're going to be with this team uh, moving forward. So I think for Lonzo Ball, it's really up to Magic Johnson to surround him with guys that can score and that is what the Lakers are lacking right now is good, solid scorers. But I think if we can get some good scores around him, he may prove me wrong. Well, they're coming next year with LeBron James and Paul George, so they'll be fine. The entire Banana Boat crew coming to L.A. next year. But <laughs> moving on to the, the the next preseason award, the now this is going to be fun award. A lot of you remember back in uh, 2012. Oh, boy. Uh, that Sports Illustrated cover with uh, Dwight Howard and Steve Nash when they were first traded to the Los Angeles Lakers, the Heat Killers. Oh, the dark days. The the Yoko to the Heatles. No. Um, oh man, that did not play out like anyone thought it would. <laughs> no, it didn't. Oh God, it was the worst ever. <laughs> but uh, there were a lot of trades this off season. So which team? Um, we saw a lot of a lot of trades, a lot of blockbuster trades. Which team is going to regret their trade the most? Who wins this award for you, Jeff? You're going to hate me, but you know it's coming. The team that's going to regret the trade they made the absolute most is going to be the Houston Rockets, getting rid of all of their depth to bring in an unproven point guard who has never made it to a conference finals. And the reason I say this uh, above all other reasons, Holtz, is the fact that you just had James Harden coming off of, uh, by far, his best season. Um, an MVP caliber season if it's not for the historic performance of Russell Westbrook. Um, James Harden, he has his best season with the ball in his hands playing the point guard spot, and they're going to take him away from that role, and he's going back to the two-guard spot. Uh, to bring in a guy who, quite frankly, I, 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 I don't know if I would have made the exact same deal. I certainly would not have traded away all of the pieces that Houston gave up. They basically are banking on Chris Paul being um, the the X factor that this team needs, and I'm not convinced that, that he is, um, especially when you're giving up that kind of depth. So I think Houston will get off to a really hot start. 
because they're excited about having Chris Paul, and I think him and James are going to play really well next to each other, but I think the lack of depth on this team is going to catch them uh, around around Christmas time, and I would not be surprised if this team falls to even a, a, four, a four or a five seed. And you know that's 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 not a bad pick. I definitely understand. As far as the depth goes, they are lacking. Obviously, they've got uh, reigning six man of the year Eric Gordon off the bench. Uh, outside of that, they 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 added PJ Tucker um, and and Luke Mabamute. But outside of that, you're absolutely right. They do not have a lot of depth, and I agree with you. That is going to catch up with them. Um, you know, as far as Chris Paul and James Harden leading the team, I don't think. Uh, and and I think unproven for Chris Paul. I think we've we, we've got to have discussion about the use of that word unproven uh chris paul yeah he hasn't made it to the conference finals but he still will go down as one of the best point guards of all time uh and uh but uh, i i think the the issues of him and uh and james harden playing side by side especially after james harden had a career year at point guard now forced to play off the ball uh i think that's i, I think you're absolutely right it is going to be an issue but um they, they are going to play together at first i really have a hard time disagreeing with anything you said there jeff um it's it's definitely going to catch up the lack of depth is really going to be their achilles heel there they gave up a lot to give to get a 32 year old chris paul yeah you got i mean at the end of the day man you got two ball dominant guards in the backcourt um and i mean and and one of them doesn't play any defense and we saw how, how <laughs> we, saw, we saw how well that worked out for uh, for chicago last year with, one, uh, one, one doesn't play defense and the other one's name is chris paul there you go. Uh, so uh, the the Houston Rockets winning Jeff's. Uh, uh, now this is going to be a fun award, and I had to really think about this one um, because I had I, just browsing old pictures uh, on, on the NBA while I was thinking up these awards, and I saw that Sports Illustrated cover and thought, all right, I got to work this into into the show somehow. But uh, I didn't really have a team in mind, and I've got to say, I think uh, the Boston Celtics. Oh. Hey now, I think I think the Boston Celtics trading for for Kyrie Irving, um, I think especially Danny Ainge, uh, not just not necessarily because of how the team is going to perform this year. Uh, they're 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 bound for the conference finals. I think the team is going to gel just fine. I think Kyrie is going to emerge as a fantastic offensive talent, even better than he already has looked. Uh, I think his defense is going to suffer and be just as bad as it was last year, but that's no problem. I think Gordon Hayward is perfect for that second. Uh, second role, that, that that second option on offense, that second star kind of role, and I think Al Horford's going to be as reliable as ever. Uh, they still got a lot of depth, um, but I think moving forward, uh, the way that Danny Ainge treated guys like Jay Crowder, guys like Avery Bradley, guys like Isaiah Thomas, the guys that really brought the Celtics back from the dead, because you remember after a few, a few years ago when they made that big trade with the Nets, people were calling the Celtics dead in the water. They were done for. They were going through five, six, seven, eight plus years of rebuilding before they were going to be back on top. It took them one year. They missed one the playoffs year. one yeah. year. One year. And now they're being talked about as one of the top Eastern Conference teams. And Danny Ainge trades all that away. Now, you know, obviously, ultimately, this is a business. But in days of so, with, with social media and the like, uh, everyone's got an opinion. Everyone's putting it forward. And uh, he's not looking too good right now. If you're on that Boston squad, you're feeling pretty good because you think you've got a legitimate shot to beat the Cavaliers. You don't, by the way, but you think you do. Uh, but meanwhile, you're alienating the guys that built the team back up, that worked their asses off to get it where it was, to build that defensive identity, uh, to give Brad Stevens such a good name. And now they're all gone. 
Uh, so I think moving forward, that's going to affect them in free agency. Even a team as prolific as the Boston Celtics, I think Danny Ainge, as long as he's in the office, uh, people aren't going to trust him. People aren't going to trust him moving forward. It's going to affect their chances because right now they've got some good pieces to build around with Kyrie Irving and Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. But if those guys aren't going to be enough to get them over the hump in the next few years, they're they're going to be done for. Uh, because right now it's the Warriors and Cavs for the foreseeable future, and I don't see the Celtics working themselves in with the talent they have, and they're gonna they're gonna have to hope that they can lure some some guys in because right now it's not looking good for them. They're they're gonna be. Uh, the Boston Celtics, that is, they're, they're going to be a really, really good team and a powerhouse in the East once LeBron goes to the Lakers. Um, so when, <laughs> when, when that happens, um, it, you know, I, I agree, man. I, I still think they're the two seed. I, I still think it's it's Cavs one and, and Boston two. And, you know, I think Boston can probably make it maybe a six game, um, possibly a seven-game series just because they're going to be able to match up a little bit better with Cleveland. But at the end of the day, Cleveland got a lot deeper, uh, and they still have LeBron James. Um, so, I mean, it, it is what it is. I, I totally agree with you, though. Um, that I, I'm not sure if they're going to necessarily regret it just because if Kyrie re, re-signs with them, which I, I expect him to do, um, they, they don't have to pay Isaiah Thomas. Um which is, you know, why the trade happened, really. Um, they don't have to pay Isaiah Thomas. They get their point guard of the future um, and some pieces to build around. But you're right. Uh, the, the relationships and the burned bridges are, are going to haunt them in, you know, maybe not tomorrow, maybe not next season, but four or five years down the road, um, they could start rearing their ugly head once again. And, you know, with, with Boston, uh, they've, they've got to hope that Kyrie Irving uh, becomes that top 10 player that they – that they that they believe he's capable of becoming. I personally, and this is what really went into my decision. I don't think Kyrie Irving is capable of being, of being a top ten player. He's really I've, really good with LeBron on his team, just th- like everyone I, else in the league. Exactly, and I think it, you look at his win loss record with and without LeBron, and I think that's telling. Um, the the guy is a very good offensive player, a very good scorer, but he's not the type of leader to help. A team win games. He and did I have Anthony Bennett on his team. He, he did have Anthony Bennett, uh, who, uh, by the way, uh, mentioned he actually was just recently waived by the Phoenix Suns. Anthony Bennett. Oh, so, by the Suns! How do you so, get waived by the Suns? <laughs> exactly. So that's why he's got an award named after him. But um, <laughs> but Kyrie Kyrie Irving really the big question mark around Boston. If he becomes a top ten player, then I'm going to look like a fool for making this uh, this award prediction. But uh, moving on, <laughs> the Breakout Candidate of the Year Award. Who do you see breaking out this year? Oh, man, this is this was a fun one for me because not only am I excited about this player, uh, but I'm I'm excited about the team. Uh, I'm going to take the, the 6'4", 210-pound shooting guard out of Denver, Gary Harris. I think Gary Harris is going to take that next-level step. I think Gary Harris, um, he, I think he's going to – push himself into the conversation of being a top five shooting guard in this league last year, averaging just under 15 points per game, three assists, three rebounds. Excuse me. I think he makes another step as well as as the Nuggets as a team takes the next step. Um, And and I I can see Gary Harris becoming a 20 point a night scorer um, and and taking a little bit more responsibility on that offense. And I'm just, I'm really excited for for this Denver squad moving forward. I have a feeling that they are that that dark horse waiting in the wings 
and they're going to become the next uh we're never going to see a golden state team ever again but they're going to be the next golden state this team that just comes out of nowhere and i think gary harris is going to lead the charge and, you know, that's a really good pick. Gary Harris out of Michigan State a few years ago had a rough start to his career, but really built a, uh, an, an identity as a defensive player in the offense slowly coming along. Um, I really like that pick, but I've got to go, uh, Jeff, with his teammate, uh, Nikola Jokic. Uh, see, and he and I it was it was between those Ooh. two for me. Hold, it was between those two for me. And that says something about this team. And I'm sorry, Jeff, you were breaking up there. What was that? I said, uh, you know, he was Nurkic was my my uh, other pick. He was an honorable mention for me, and I think uh, that's that's really amazing for this team to have two guys who we think are going to break out: uh, Gary Harris and uh, Nurkic as well, or and you know, or whatever his name is. And you know, and you can't really go wrong with either pick. Uh, looking at some stats for Nikola Jokic after he became a full time starter in December, uh, prior to that, averaging 16 points, about seven rebounds. After he became a full time starter uh, around the middle of December, 20 points, 12 rebounds, five assists as a center. Five assists as oh, a yes. center. He's fantastic, uh, man. Averaging 20 and 10, Nikola Jokic, I think uh, I have him as my breakout player. I have him as my most improved player. We'll get to that award in the next, uh, in one of our future shows. But I think Nikola Jokic and Gary Harris are two guys that fly under the radar just because of where they play um, and where and kind of how their team has performed the last few years. But you look at them and you look at the guys around them, Wilson Chandler and Will Wilson Chandler specifically, guy that's flown under the radar for his entire career, but a very good small forward, whether he's coming off the bench or starting. Uh, and then the addition of Paul Millsap, uh, a top 25 player, in my opinion, and Paul Millsap, uh, again, guy that's flown under the radar his entire career because he was playing for teams that aren't uh, stationed in big markets. And I think Paul Millsap here uh, now having the chance to play more a complimentary role compared to uh, his days in Atlanta is really going to shine and uh, open up the floor for Jokic and Gary Harris to to really shine. Their biggest question mark for this Denver Nuggets, Nuggets team, and I know I'm getting off uh, topic here, that point guard position is still not solidified. Emmanuel Moutier has not looked good. Uh, Jamal Murray has potential, but has, still has to kind of take that next step as a sophomore. But I think between Jokic and Harris, we got some uh, we got some guys that are both capable of breakouts this year. Oh, absolutely! And the, again, to reiterate, the fact that they're coming from the same team uh, speaks volumes for the progression of this team moving forward. I can't I can't wait to see Denver basketball, man! It's gonna that, be great. That is something I never thought I would hear. <laughs> I cannot this watch is, to watch. This is true. This is true. I, I cannot wait to watch the Nuggets game. Never thought I'd hear that. Maybe in two thousand four. Maybe, yeah, it was just maybe, yeah. oh boy. Probably not, actually. Take I take it back, I'm sorry. Yeah, let's, let's, uh, <laughs> let's uh, uh, hit the, hit the brakes there a little bit. But uh, did you want to introduce the uh, next award here, Jeff? Yeah, I do, I do. Uh, our next award here, oh, this is a good one right here, my friend. This is what we like to call the Phil Jackson slash Isaiah Thomas Award. Uh, this is going to be given to the team that uh, apparently has hired both Phil Jackson and Isaiah Thomas to run the show. Uh, there's a lot of teams out there that we just don't really know what's going on behind the scenes. Some some odd decisions. So Holt, I want to I want to hear from you. Which team do you think is going to secretly hire Phil Jackson and Isaiah Thomas to run the show? You know, uh, I had trouble with this, Jeff. Uh, I couldn't. <laughs> Because there there wasn't a lot to pick from. This was a good off season. It was. There were very few, in my opinion, there were very few mistakes made. Um, but let me roll out this starting lineup. The likely the likely starting lineup for opening night in a couple days for this team. Oh God. Uh, 
Chris Dunn, Justin Holiday, Paul Zipser, Robin Lopez, and Bobby, Bobby Portis. Oh. Oh. <laughs> the Chicago Bulls. Oh, it's, um, it hurts. Now, we, we, you know, we talked about the trade uh, for uh, trading away Jimmy Butler uh, for, for Zach Levine, Chris Dunn, and what, uh, a pick that became Laurie Markin. And they also gave up their 14th overall pick, so don't, don't forget that. Um, now, these guys all have potential, I think. Zach Levine, I think, has the potential to be a very good uh, shooting guard in this league. Not an all-star, but a very good starting caliber shooting guard. Uh, Chris Dunn, it remains to be seen. He was taken top five overall at his draft class for a reason. Uh, played very poorly, very poorly in Minnesota his rookie year. Um, but uh, still has, uh, I think, potential to to be a good role player off the bench uh, moving forward as a point guard. Laurie Markkinen, for all we know, could be the next Dirk Nowitzki. And I hate to use that comparison. I know everybody goes to the Dirk Nowitzki comparison where you're looking at a white uh, power forward out of Europe. But I think Laurie Markkinen does have that potential uh, to be a very good uh, uh, stretch for. Outside of that, none of these guys are guys you can build around. Now, if you're going to tank, you need someone to build around. You need something to look to. And right now, the Chicago Bulls have nothing. I have no idea what their plans are. They've got uh, Robin Lopez on a big contract. They've got Nikola Mirotic uh, on a big contract. Nikola Mirotic, who has been the most inconsistent player I've ever seen. Um, <laughs> right now, they they and, and and take a look at what they did in the off in the during the trade deadline last year, trading away Taj Gibson uh, for what effectively became Cameron Payne. Yeah, that was stupid. Um, they. Uh, uh, Traded. They just picked up Kay Felder today off of waivers uh, after buying out Dwayne Wade. So you can chalk that up to them trading Dwayne Wade for Kay Felder. Which is stupid. Uh, this front office has absolutely no idea what it's doing. And Phil Jackson, you know, Phil Jackson, one of the greatest coaches of all time, if not the greatest. Uh, Isaiah Thomas, in my opinion, uh, a top five point guard of all time. One of the best players of all time, uh, a, a man that I that I treasure dearly as one of the as the greatest Detroit Piston of all time. Uh, terrible, terrible official, terrible coach, terrible official. Uh, and you look at these guys and you how their poor decisions over the years, and you have to think: Are they pulling the strings in Chicago, <laughs> a, a, a franchise that historically? Um, has made poor decisions as far as their front office goes, but has lucked into the greatest players of all time. Derrick Rose, the 21-year-old MVP, Michael Jordan, the literal GOAT, and Jimmy Butler, a guy that's quickly rising up the ranks. Uh, and they drove them all off. Well, I mean, let's not forget either, Holt, this is the same organization who tried desperately for years. And people don't realize this or or, or just fail to remember. They... These guys, Kraus and, and and the entire front office, they tried so hard to run Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen and Phil Jackson out of town. They did everything they could to get to trade Scottie. They did everything they could to, to not renegotiate Phil's contracts. I mean, they, when you're talking about getting trying to get rid of the greatest coach of all time, uh, a, a top 50 player in Scottie Pippen of all time, and try to force Michael Jordan out of the league, uh, you've got some issues, so... I, I agree, man. I don't know what's going on with this team. I, I do think they're going to be a little bit better than, than, than you're saying, giving them a little bit more credit, but that's not to say I, I think they're going to be a good team by any stretch. Not even close. 
and you know, and, and you know, you, you know, your team's gonna be bad when um, uh, Bulls fans uh, crowdfund a billboard. Um, fire gare packs. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that went up. That went up. By the way, we've got a we've got a bet uh, uh, to take care of from last week. Chicago Bulls. I said we uh, we'll get to uh, talk about this a little bit further. I'm gonna lay my wager down so you can think about it. I said the Chicago Bulls would not win more than 14 games if that comes to pass. I will uh, shave my face and post pictures of it on the Facebook um, into a Hulk Hogan style Fu Manchu. And I will wear that the entirety of the playoffs. If oh the gosh. if the Bulls if the Bulls do not win more than 14 games, or if the Bulls yeah if the Bulls do not if the Bulls win more than 14 games, I will uh, uh, wear a Fu Manchu the oh entirety of the playoffs. I will post it on Facebook as proof. That's my wager. That's how bad I think this team's going to be. Oh my gosh! And I I said that they would have eight wins by Christmas. Um, you did. So I I'm, I haven't thought about what I'm going to have to do as a bet. I think I I think. You know what? I'll do this by by the by tomorrow at halftime. I will have an idea for you. Hold by tomorrow at halftime. You guys heard it here. Uh, the bet is on. But uh, uh, Phil Jackson, Isaiah Thomas Award for the Chicago Bulls, we, and we're both in agreement there. That's the first unanimous winner, right? That's absolutely true. The other the only other one I was gonna I was gonna suggest as maybe a thought just because of their ineptitude over the last few years, and we don't even need to talk about it. It's the Brooklyn Nets because they're the Brooklyn Nets. The Brooklyn Nets finally starting to look like they've gotten it together, but boy, was it a rough ride, and they still may not have gotten it together. No, the ride uh, is still broken. It's still out of service. Still out of service. They, I mean, they got D'Lo. <laughs> that's what they. Yeah. That's well, what, you have to do. That's what they've got going for them. But uh, moving on, would you like to introduce the next award? Yeah, man. Let's go for the uh, They Don't Pay Me Enough to Do This Job Award. We're going to give this one to a respectable coach, but has just they, they just have to deal with way too much nonsense. They just have to deal with so much nonsense. Uh, and, and I'm going to I'm gonna go ahead and give this award to... Oh, it pains me because I actually really like this guy. Head coach of the Indiana Pacers, Nate McMillan. Nate McMillan. Nate McMillan is going to have some, in my estimation, he's going to have one player to really work around, and and that's going to be Miles Turner. I'm excited to watch Miles Turner play, but when you lose your staple in Paul George, and you get nobody back in return, I know they got Oladipo, and I'm going to say it one more time, they got nobody back in return. Um, I, I think Nate McMillan is going to be pulling his hair out, well, he's actually bald. Um, he's gonna be—he's gonna be so frustrated because this team was built around Paul George, and now they're built around nobody. And they're going to have a, their best player as a center, who's going to be fantastic. But this team has literally no direction right now. And you want to talk about leaving a team out in the cold? Way to go, Paul George. Um, but go get your money. Go get, go find your fastest way to LA, I suppose. But Nate McMillan, I—I uh, I just feel bad for this guy right now, man. And you know you gotta you gotta look at Nate McMillan, and I gotta agree. I've got uh, I've got a different pick that we can get to in a minute here, but uh, you look at this team and Miles Turner, obviously a guy that you can build around. Uh, but outside of that, you're absolutely right. They have no. They just have 37 year old uh, Damian Wilkins. Yeah. Who, who has been out of the league for four years, uh, made the Pacers roster this year. Oh. 
that's the kind of team that Nate McMillan, Nate McMillan is going to have to deal with. And, you know, you've got some talented players, but guys that no, you don't really have guys that move the needle. Victor Oladipo is a talented shooting guard, but he does not move the needle. Dal- Darren Collison is a is a fine point guard. Uh, I prefer him in a backup role, but he's going to be starting this season. Thaddeus Young, I got to feel bad for Thaddeus Young. Oh, God, you're no kidding, man. What a drag. A very a very talented player that gets traded around every other year, every year and a half about uh, just these crap teams. He gets to Indiana, finally looks like he's going to get to play for a competitive team, and then Paul George uh, asks for <laughs> You gotta feel bad for Thaddeus Young, a guy that's got a good head on his shoulders, works hard, doesn't have the most talent in the world, but just works hard every day and puts on a good game. Uh, and, and he has to deal with this. Um, so, oh, you know, it, it, you gotta you gotta feel for the NAM Pacers. The only thing they've got going for them, Miles Turner, who is going to be, I think, uh, he's kind of flying under the radar as a future star. But yeah, that's a that's hard to argue with. The only guy I gotta give it to over over Nate McMillan is Atlanta Hawks coach Mike Budenholzer. Oh, jeez, no kidding! What a gut oh, punch! <laughs> oh man, this guy is a Popovich coach of the year a couple years ago. Uh, a a Popovich product. Uh, from the school of Greg Popovich, um, think about you think about the guys that he's had, that he's been able to coach. You look at Jeff T. You look at uh, at, at Paul Millsap. You look at Al Horford. Uh, all these high character guys gone. Um, now I said I said something to this effect last week. Uh, if you have Robin Lopez as your best player in your starting lineup, you're going to have a bad time. I look at the Atlanta Hawks and I say. If you have Dennis Schroeder as your best player in your starting lineup, you're going to have a bad time. You're going to have an awful time. And it, to, to boot, they've got the worst uniforms in the NBA. Oh, just awful. Absolutely, absolutely terrible. Now, Torian Prince uh, showed some potential, but he's going to be their starting small forward. Um, outside of that, uh, absolutely nothing. Got absolutely, They got completely fleeced in the Dwight Howard trade. Now, I know Dwight Howard isn't what he used to be. But uh, Miles Plumley, Marco Bellinelli, that was the return. Ah. And they moved down, by the way, ah. in the draft. They they swapped they swapped second round picks with with Charlotte. Uh, uh, they, they they gave up a pick essentially to, <laughs> to get rid smart. of Dwight Howard. Um, so the Atlanta Hawks. Um, uh, poor, uh, Mike Budenholzer, a fantastic coach, a one coach of the year for a reason, uh, could not get the Hawks over the hump uh, a couple years ago when they won uh, 60 games from first in the uh, first seed in the Eastern Conference. Uh, just couldn't get by LeBron. Uh, that was probably their best shot. And now the rebuild is in full effect, and Mike Budenholzer deserves better. He does. He absolutely deserves better. And th- the problem now that I see moving forward with Atlanta is they, you know, you know, at le- they were kind of a destination at one point because they had Paul Millsap and because you know they had a few pieces around him. But now there's nothing. There's nothing for an elite level player to go. Yeah, I'd like to play in Atlanta. Well, there's nothing but, there. Coach Bud is the only draw. Yeah, and, and I guess Atlanta's a decent city, but they don't even have cool uniforms anymore. They don't even have cool uniforms. They've got, they've got, they don't have a whole lot, and that traffic is a nightmare. Yeah, well, everything about Atlanta is a nightmare. Just, apparently, well, who knows, man? I, I don't see this team doing anything for the next few years, um, unless, unless the super teams break up for some reason. But I don't see that happening. So. I'm, I hear the airport's okay, but Atlanta finally moving out of purgatory, just not in the direction that they wanted to go. Um, so they'll be uh, uh, going, looking, looking for Doncic, Don Doncic, Doncic. That's how you say the name, Doncic. 
Luka Doncic in that draft this year, but uh, we'll see. Uh, either way, Budenholzer, McMillan, uh, we, I think we should just give the award to both of them. Yeah, why not? It's it's hard to pick. It's uh, it's hard to pick, but uh, our, our our next and and last award, uh, the this is why we can't have nice things award. <laughs> So, Jeff, uh, which teams to you seem like they have the pieces for success, but they just can't get the job done? Yeah, this is this is going to the team that I think uh, is most deserving uh, for this award for the for the past like five years, really. And that's going to be the Toronto Raptors. Um, Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan, talent wise, should be enough. And their big fella in the middle, uh, Vucevic. Is that his name? No. It's uh, Jonas Valanciunas. Valanciunas. Uh, By the those... way, if, if you ever get the chance, go uh, look up a compilation video of Char- Charles Barkley trying to say Jonas Valanciunas. It's the funniest damn thing you'll see all week. It's probably better than me calling him by the Orlando Center. The Yeah, the right? Orlando Magic Center is Vucevic. Yeah, Nikola Vucevic. But yes, well, Jonas Valanciunas. Sorry, go ahead. Yes. Uh, those, those three players alone, talent-wise, should be more than enough to at least get you... Uh, in my in my eyes, the last couple of years to a conference finals game, uh, and and even push Cleveland a little bit more than they did. I know they won those two, you know, bullcrap games uh, at home, but uh, Demar Derozan and Kyle Lowry should be enough to do more than they have done. And I think it just gets worse. Holt, I think uh, Boston is going to be better. Obviously, I think Cleveland is going to be better, and I think there's a couple other teams who are now going to push push Toronto um, and and I think it's unacceptable and this team is going to be in danger of losing both of those guys in the near future if they aren't careful so this is why we can't have nice things Toronto because we give you nice things we allow you to be part of the National Basketball Association you lose Vince Carter you lose Tracy McGrady you're about to lose these two guys because you can't win and you know, with with Toronto and 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 Kyle Lowry did sign his extension this offseason. Demar Derozan. Oh, he did. That's right. Yeah. Uh, so so they're not. And you know, they could always ask for a trade, uh, especially if they don't go anywhere. Um, obviously, Kyle Lowry and Demar Derozan love playing with each other. Uh, it's it's awesome seeing them bro out. But uh, as far and and you're right. You know, Jonas Valanciunas is is uh, one of the more underrated centers, uh, criminally used, misused, and I think that's Dwayne Casey. Oh yeah, um, absolutely. Dwayne Casey has the he's one of those coaches uh, that has the good fortune of having a lot of talent on his team and then saying, all right, your option A, your option B, go. The guy does not coach uh, in the <laughs> Toronto the, Raptors the school of the Oklahoma City Thunder. that's exactly what it is. And, you know, it's all right. Well, it's Westbrook this play, uh, Durant the next play. It's the same thing in Toronto. You got Kyle Lowry or DeMar DeRozan. Who do you want? Did you even know they had Serge Ibaka on the team? Because I keep forgetting. Right, exactly. (laughs) No kidding. I keep forgetting. And they've got got talent. They've got talent to the surrounding, obviously, Serge Ibaka and Jonas Valanciunas surrounding uh, DeRozan and Lowry. Uh, C.J. Miles, a very solid player out of Indiana, uh, now playing for, for Toronto. Jakob Pertl has a lot of uh, has a lot of potential. As is Pascal Siakim, uh, Norman Powell, another guy that you can look to. Uh, Bruno Caboclo is uh, one year away from being two years away. Uh, but the Toronto Raptors are a good, deep team. And Dwayne Casey is coaching them into the middle of nowhere. Yeah, and it, it's a shame. I mean, so, they, they so... have a track record, man. That's a that's a very good that's a very good pick for 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 this award and I'm, it's going to be hard to argue with. I'm gonna I'm gonna come at you with a with a team out the west though, um, and, and I think you're gonna agree with me on this one as well. 
uh, the New Orleans Pelicans. Yes, they were they were in consideration as well, friend. They're, they and you know, it, look at the, just their starting lineup it, again for the past few years. Really, since they got Anthony Davis and since he broke out in his second year as the legitimate superstar in this league, um, they had they've had the talent. Uh, whether it's been injuries or or poor coaching. Or, or a poor opportunity. They've made the playoffs once with Anthony Davis and just got annihilated in that first round. Uh, they added DeMarcus Cousins last offseason, so this, this may be the year they finally break the curse. Uh, but DeMarcus Cousins never won more than 30 games in his career. Well, And, you, you go. know, as good as he is, before you can lay claim to being a winner, you have to win games. Uh, so we're, I think we're going to have to bring back What Up with Boogie uh, uh, this this season, uh, one of my favorite uh, favorite uh, uh, favorite segments from our first season. But uh, uh, the New Orleans Pelicans have had all the pieces for the last few years, um, and they've actually lost more now than they've gained. No more Ryan Anderson, no more Eric Gordon. Guys that uh, are thriving in Houston uh, did not live up to their potential with Anthony Davis in uh, in New Orleans. Uh, Tyreek Evans, Rookie of the Year, uh, a guy that uh, injuries has really slowed him down, but I still believe is capable of being a solid contributor, ended up not performing for New Orleans like he could. So I don't know if it's their their medical staff or, or their coaching or what's going on, but uh, the past few years, these guys have had all the talent in the world that have gone nowhere with it. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. They, like I said, they were in consideration um, as well with me. Um, I, I will give you, while we're on the subject of predictions uh, and what up with Boogie, um, bold prediction, and you heard it here first, by the trade deadline, by the trade deadline, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins will be a member of the Washington Wizards. The Washington Wizards. We've heard the rumors. I'm telling you, now. it's going to happen, man. He's going to Washington in return for Otto Porter and maybe a couple picks or another couple pieces. But that's going to be the – I'm telling you, it's going to happen. That's the mainstay. Yeah. Otto Porter, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. Man, if Washington could get Boogie without giving up Otto Porter, that's a – got to think that's a team that could take down the Cavs. Well, I don't think I don't think they're, they'd they be able to get out of it without getting giving up Otto Porter. I, I don't think that's possible. But it, it, it's going to depend, though, on your prediction. It's going to depend on how terrible New Orleans is. Because if you they are arguably the two best big men uh, in, in the game, arguably. And if, if you can't win with these two guys, plus now, don't forget, the addition of Rajon Rondo is a big thing for this team because you're going to actually have a, a, a true point guard who can get those two guys the ball. Um, but I don't, I don't think that's going to be enough to get them over the hump by any means, but it'll be interesting, that's for sure. Rajon Rondo about to average 20 assists a game when he comes back just on lobs alone. Do it. Oh, boy. But um, <laughs> that is uh, that is all I have for, for the awards. Jeff, did you have anything else you wanted to touch on? Nope. All said here, man. All right. Well, that will do it for uh, for this edition of the Fast Break Podcast, the, uh, the Fast Break Awards. Uh, the best part of the offseason so far, without a doubt, these Fast Break Podcast Awards, no doubt. Thank you so much, guys, for listening. Uh, listen to the last one if you haven't already. Keep an eye out. We will be doing another show uh, tomorrow. That is October 17th, NBA opening day during halftime of the Cleveland Cavaliers and Boston Celtics game. So take a look out for that show. Make sure you watch the game. And uh, thank you so much for listening, and we will see you next time. Take it easy.